And a very good evening to you and welcome to People of Note. As you heard, I'm Richard Cock, and my guest in People of Note tonight, which is a program in which we talk to someone about their work and their life, and we listen to their choice of music. My guest tonight is Joan Lithgow, who is the director of the International Marimba and Steel Pan Festival. Welcome. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. It's very nice to have you on the program. And perhaps you should tell us what, before we start, what the International Marimba and Steel Pan Festival is. Well, it's been going for, this is our seventh year, and it is an incredible festival where people from marimba and steel pan players from all over the world come together um, in a joyous celebration of music in various competitions. Um, we have two two distinct uh, aspects to the festival. One is um, a series of competitions that run flat out one after the other for two days and um, while that's happening we have over 90 workshops happening in a variety of genre for for people who come to the festival so they can either watch what's happening in the main venue or they can go to any of the 90 workshops and participate in hands-on techniques like playing marimbas steel pans learning to do gumboot dancing and a whole variety and learning how to make marimbas and steel pans, maybe. Um, well, they learn not not <laughs> at the festival, no. Because no. that seems to be uh, an area which needs some development. I've, I remember trying to get some steel pans tuned here once, and it was quite difficult to find someone to do this. It's obviously quite a specialized thing. Yes, so it's tuning steel pans is very much a specialized thing, and um, you need to go through a whole process of many, many years of apprenticeship, really. And uh, in a moment, uh, we're going to listen to your first choice of music, but I want you to tell us where this all started. How did you get into it and and where all these instruments come from? Perhaps a little bit about um, where it started in South Africa, too, because it's a relatively recent thing, I think. The steel pans? Yeah. Well, steel pans came around with, with Andrew Tracy when he came and um, brought it with Wait a Minim, I think, many, many years ago in the 1960s, I think. And he brought the first steel pan to South Africa, and that was the start of a steel pan revolution. And now we have over 150 bands in the country um, playing uh, steel pans. And as far as marimbas is concerned, we've got hundreds and hundreds of marimba bands around the country. Well, we're going to go off to Spain for your first choice. This is music by Joaquin Rodrigo. It's the famous slow movement from his Concerto de Ranjuez. That was the slow movement of the Concerto de Ranjuez by Joaquin Rodrigo. Ángel Romero was the guitarist with the London Symphony Orchestra, the choice of Joan Lithgow, who's my guest in People of Note. We were just talking briefly about steel pans and when they arrived here, because as far as I remember, they were developed during the Second World War uh, on some West Indian island. Correct. So the steel pans come from um, Trinidad and Tobago. And what really happened was when during the Second World War, all these huge drums of oil were, were deposited on islands. And uh, the guys started hitting them and bagging them. And um, somebody realized that actually if we bang them a certain way or whatever we can get two different notes and that's where the it generated and um, over the years it has has blossomed and it is the national instrument of Trinidad and Tobago 
And the interesting thing about that is that 30% of the population of Trinidad and Tobago play pads. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. But marimbas, of course, originated here in South, well, in southern Africa, I would guess, or southern and central Africa. So we're not too sure where they originated. We would like to think they originated in Africa, and we would like to think that they originated in southern Africa somewhere. Um, but we actually have no idea. But the name marimba is definitely an African name. And you say there are just hundreds, thousands of marimba bands throughout South Africa. Certainly, m most schools seem to have them now. Well, we can, um, I, I reckon that it's the fastest growing instrument being used in schools um, in South Africa now. We can certainly see that. My husband makes marimbas. He has a marimba company that's been going for 15 years. And um, just fr from the sales that we see, we know that th there's this constant interest to have marimbas in schools. And I guess they don't last forever, so, because uh, they, they, work quite hard. I mean, people are hitting them all day and every day. Correct. So I guess they have to be replaced every now and then too. Well, they last a, fair, a fairly long time, but not nearly as long as a piano, for instance. But um, obviously they need to get tuned regularly. Um, and we're constantly um, reinventing the, um, the marimba to make it very user-friendly in the schools. Yeah. And Teaching the marimba, are there lots of teachers around who, or, or do people sort of more or less teach themselves now? Just tell no, us no. about this whole process. Right, there are lots of teachers around and um, many years ago we st when we started, um, my husband started his business, the marimba workshop, he particularly, we decided that I looked around to see what education was around um, as far as marimbas were concerned, and I was very disappointed in the way marimbas were being taught. So I developed my own method of teaching and um, have taught over 2,000 teachers in the country how to play marimbas. Um, and this method is, is a foolproof method. It's like a chocolate cake recipe that always works if you use it. As long as you follow the instructions. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we're going to hear some other traditional instruments now. These are traditional uh, Scottish instruments. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Here they come. That was uh, a Scottish medley featuring the Flower of Scotland with the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards. The choice of Joan Lithgow, who's my guest in People of Note. She is the director of the International Marimba and Steel Pan Festival, which is going to be happening soon. Absolutely. It's on the 28th and 29th of July at St. Dominic's School in Boxburg. And didn't you teach there at one I time? did. I taught there for many, many years. And that's where I started teaching steel pan. Um, I'd always um, I'd heard Andrew Tracy's steel pan many years prior to that and had longed to, to actually get my hands on instruments. And I was very lucky when I did go to St. Dominic's School that um, the headmistress saw my, my need and my desire to and, get And your pads. vision. And yeah. my vision, correct. So even though you're not, or do you still teach there? No, I don't no. teach there but, anymore. But they still allow you to you use that as a base. I use yeah. that as a base, yes. Yeah, because I'm sure it attracts people to the, the area, to the school, and then people see, you know, what's going on at the school as well. Absolutely, and they have a vibrant mar uh, marimba band and a vibrant steel pan band. And in fact... Um, They've got 108 children participating in the festival this year. That's fantastic. So it, and it's something that you can involve a lot of children in, in a school, let's say, 
if you have a set of marimbas or a set of steel pans, a lot of people can be used playing them. Absolutely. That's the great thing about it, is that if you have a set of marimbas at your school, you literally can get your whole school playing. And, you know, you can get your whole school being musicians, which is unheard of, really, if you have to have any other kind of instrument. Are there areas in South Africa which are sort of centers of marimba and steel pan playing, or is it very widespread now? It's extremely widespread. There is a very big um, um, steel pan following in the Cape, um, but it is very widespread. And marimba's everywhere, absolutely. So when you say that your uh, steel pan and marimba festival is international, do people come from all over South Africa also? They come from all over South Africa and from the rest of the world. So, you know, we've had people from as far afield as the the United States of America. We've had um, Nigeria. We have Zimbabwe every every year. Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, Swaziland, uh, Botswana. And do you go to other marimba festivals or is this unique well this particular festival is unique in the world it's not only unique in the world but it's the largest festival of this kind in the world well here's someone who travels the world johnny clegg this is asimbo nanga angelique kidjo and voter kellerman that was from the sama award-winning CD that he's recently produced, Voter Kellerman, that is, Asim Bonanga, the choice of Joan Lithgow. Joan, we were talking about the fact that your festival was uh, unique in many ways. Uh, how You say it's been going for seven years. Um, how is it all funded? That's the big problem. So finding funding is a, is a big challenge. I know it's a big challenge for many companies in the country who are involved in music um, education and in music performance. But for us, it's a constant struggle to find funding for this amazing festival. Um, the The unique thing about our festival um, is that it is completely non-elitist and non-sexist um, and totally inclusive. So we have children from disadvantaged areas playing against children from very wealthy areas. We have children who are disabled. We have a deaf band, two deaf bands this year performing. And it's quite incredible because we're part of that training at Education Africa. Um, We have children from uh, schools with severely mentally disabled children that are competing against children with no problems at all we and very often those bands win and it's not a sympathy win they win because they're really really very good but we also within that structure we have an internal competition between those our special needs schools as well so there's everybody is included in this situation and um, this is unique you know even in sporting situations you don't find this very often and so we have tried to be totally and utterly inclusive in all sorts of ways, and yet somehow somebody's not seeing it out there and saying, wow, this needs to be funded. And the funding, can it be broken down into chunks? So if people would like to fund it, they don't have to fund the whole thing in one fell swoop. They can fund certain parts of it. 
Absolutely. You know, as little as a hundred rand or two hundred rand to get a student into the into the festival. And, you know, um couple of if a three thousand rand gets a number of, of children in as well as giving them meals. Part of what we do um, at Education Africa, who um, is the organisers of this festival, is that we bring 500 children from disadvantaged communities who are playing marimbas to take part in the festival. They can't afford to get up to Joburg. They can't afford accommodation. They can't afford transport. And we're the ones who are trying to, to fund them. And through funders, we're able to do this. Your next choice is the first time ever I saw your face. The first time ever I saw your face, played by the London Symphony Orchestra. Right. Um, not so long ago, a couple of years ago, we had Roberta Flack um, at one of our fundraising concerts in the, the States, in New York, and she sang that song in her... I'm not sure how old she is now, but yeah. it was as if... It was the first time. It was so beautiful to see her performing. And she was raising funds for your festival. She was helping, not for our festival, but for Education Africa and for our music projects. And you've mentioned that a couple of times now. Just tell us what Education Africa is. Right, so Edu Education Africa is a, a charity organization that's been going for nearly 30 years. And we have a number of projects that we run, but I head up the music projects. Um, which are very close to my heart. And um, it's all based around marimbas. We do, um, we open marimba hubs where we have 11 marimba hubs at the moment in the Gauteng area where uh, we supply marimbas to, to a, a, a particular school. Surrounding schools come and use the marimbas. We train the teachers from scratch um, in a 30-hour workshop. And we get them to start teaching um, marimbas. They get in the children of the streets playing music, um, and that way, we we able to influence. We've got over a thousand children in that program, which is a very exciting program. We go. Um, I've got a colleague called Tommy, who travels with me, and we go to the townships every day and make sure that the program's running smoothly in the various um, areas. Yeah, because my good friend Brian Clark, I think, used to do a similar thing down in Natal. Correct. Yeah, it's uh, and it spreads very quickly. It does, it does very much so. He's very involved in the steel pan um, situation, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and he's been on this program before talking about yes. it, actually. And so it is uh, your Education Africa charity is a sort of recognized teaching institution. Well, it's not a recognized teaching institution. It has a variety of things. So we do have ECD projects that we run. We run music projects. One of our um, other projects that we do is we have a, a wonderful uh, concert every year called Sounds of Celebration, where we um, have 200 children on the stage from various walks of life performing together in a social cohesion concert to get um, and and we choose a, a theme every year and it's it's a really joyous celebration of marimbas steel pans and a whole lot of other instruments then um, the other project is going we, we take kids on our overseas tours regularly um, they're fundraising as well as as educational tours they're a joint situation that we do but on tour with marimbas. With also. marimbas, yeah. yes. So we have marimbas, Education Africa have marimbas in a number of countries already there. So we just go to those places. 
And then um, we have our big festival, of course. Well, here comes David Foster's The Prayer, Natasha Marsh and Garda Cortes singing. The Prayer by David Foster. It featured Natasha Marsh and Garda Cortes. And really, it's a prayer for you too that you find the funding that you need for these festivals. Absolutely. That's all we're doing. <laughs> At this stage, we're on our knees, <laughs> hoping that yeah. somebody will will recognize the value of what we're actually doing. Yeah, and I think it, the same probably applies to many organizations which are looking for funding at the moment. I mean, we've we've been supporting some of them here at Classic 1027. Uh, I think of the Dance Umbrella, uh, the Joburg Youth Orchestra, Gauteng Opera, everyone, Cape Town Opera, they're all struggling to find money at the moment. It's a sad thing that the arts seem to suffer more than most when funding is tight. Absolutely, and it's it's the heart of a nation, really. If we don't nurture that uh, that um, that the arts, uh, we're going to just be a nation with no soul at all. Yeah, and I, well, the arts and culture are very central to our lives, and it's funny that we manage to keep going even when there's no money. Somehow, the arts do keep going. We struggle along from you know, month to month, week to week, day to day. Uh, and we do keep things going because both you and I feel deeply that this is important. Absolutely. Um, I think that sometimes the problem is that people say, well, they will go on anyway, whether we're there or not, it's going to happen. So do we need to be giving the money? And that's the real tragedy. Yeah, because we do need money. We can't survive on nothing. Absolutely. Just give us an idea of your festival. How long does it last? It's a two-day festival. Starts at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Finishes about 10 o'clock on Saturday night. Sunday night. On a Saturday night. And then Sunday morning starts again at 8 and finishes about 6. Non-stop competitions, which is very exciting, but with an incredible spirit of Ubuntu at, at the festival. Everybody cheers everybody else. You would not believe it was actually a competition when you were listening to the performances. There's this unbelievable caring for each other and and cheering each other on and getting people to give their, their best at the festival. And with 2,000 people there, that's a lot of marimbas you need. That's too. a lot of marimbas. And we do, I do a massed marimba item in the middle of the Saturday where I write an original piece of music for choir, for marimbas, for djembe drums. And um, we have on the floor, somewhere in the region of 350 marimbas on the floor performing together. This is quite a noise. Yes, it is. <laughs> and and in 40 minutes, I teach a piece of music yeah. um, that everybody's performing. It's, it's almost like a miracle, but it's very exciting. And here's another type of massed group of musicians. This is from the Massed Choir at the World Choir Games in Riga. This is We Are the World. That was the massed choir of the World Choir Games in Riga in 2014. We Are the World, the song by Michael Jackson. And the World Choir Games are going to be here soon from the 4th to the 14th of July, happening in Pretoria. Uh, are there any, I wonder if there's any marimba going to happen there. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm no. definitely going to the concerts, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. going. No, this, it's a big thing too with, with lots of people. And just give us an idea, Joan, about what what sort of funding you're looking for? What what does it cost to put it on? 
Okay. Um, the ideal cost would be just over a million rand to put a phenomenal um, uh, festival together to make sure that all our people that need to get to the festival are covered. Um, but, you know, we, we land up doing it on a shoestring, honestly. And so, um, you know, whatever funding somebody is prepared to give, be it 20, 20 rand, 20,000 rand, 5,000 rand, yeah. would be fantastic, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, because everything goes into the festival and the development of Marimba. So. And how do they get hold of you? Well, they can contact us at Education Africa, and I can give If they just Google that? If they, they Google that, yes, I can give a telephone number, which is 011-685-7300. Or a website? www.educationafrica.org. That makes it easy. www.educationafrica, with a C? With a C, yes. www.educationafrica.org. Or else um, we also have our dedicated website for the festival, which is www.internationalmarimbafestival.org. Good. There you are. Internationalmarimbafestival.org. So all the information is there, and the phone number will be there too somewhere. Your next choice is by Fernando Sor. It's called Romanza. That was Romanza by Fernando Saw, and you were playing on that. I was indeed. Um, in about 1986, I think, we recorded um, a, an album, my colleague Ron Dolan on guitar, and I was on vibraphone, and we um, had a duo called Ronda Jubilate. And um, just recently, we had it converted from, uh, um, it was on a cassette, and we had it converted to CD, so it's very exciting. And that's my friend Joan Lithgow, who's speaking on People of Note tonight. She's my guest. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's just about 7 o'clock. We're going to take a short break. That was Roberto Alagna singing Nessun Dorma by Puccini, the famous aria that uh, every tenor wants to sing now. Absolutely. It was my mother's favorite song. And uh, my husband has the most amazing sense of humor and has always called it Les and Norma. So whenever we hear it, we, you know, he'll say, oh, there's Les and Norma again. Um, so it is a special piece in our lives. Yeah. Well, it's a special piece in, in many people's lives. And it's done in so many versions now. Every tenor, as I say, wants to sing it. The three tenors, the ten tenors, the twenty tenors. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. They all sing it. And in fact... It's amazing how that piece helped to popularize opera. Absolutely, yeah. and it was for, over the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and we're now back in the World Cup back again. Back in the World Cup. Um, yeah. Yes. It's very exciting to watch very, all, very the, exciting. all the matches. But if there was a World Cup of marimba playing, would it be happening here in South Africa, do you think? Or is there another center somewhere of marimba playing? Well, I think it would be happening here in South yeah. Africa, for sure. Um, nobody, we have international adjudicators at our festival every year, and nobody um, has, has ever seen anything quite like this. Yeah. They are gobsmacked when they come. So, in fact, yours is the World it Cup is. of Marimba playing. We are yeah. the World Cup of Marimba. Has it spread to other parts of the world in the, the sort of form that you have it here, in these 
school-type yes. marimbas? Well, it has. Look, it's, it's always been in Zimbabwe since about the 20, 1960s, 1970s. Um, and slowly we have got marimba bands um, in. There are marimba bands in the UK, in the USA, and there are more, um, more bands coming up in the, U, in the UK as well. Of the same sort of, of marimbas sort that of we thing. have. Yes. Yeah. Very and so. do they make their own marimbas there or do they get them from they here? They import from, from us. Here. Yes, they do. So um, a couple of the, the manufacturers in South Africa are exporting to. We've got marimbas in Dubai. We have marimbas in um, 12 countries. In fact, my, uh, my husband's yeah. company is. Because uh, there's, there's another company, I think, in Grahamstown. That's correct, yeah. yes. A- AMR. AMR, that's yeah. it, yes. And they've been going for many, many years. Um, started out by, with um, Andrew Tracy. And yes, they also import all over the world, export all over yeah. the world. And do you have to have a particular type of wood? You use a very hard wood. So you use kiat for, we use kiat for our notes. Um, Andrew used to use sneeze wood and bought up all the, all the poles apparently yeah. the, um, up in Grahamstown to actually make the original uh, marimbas that he made. Um, but we use kiat for, for making up the notes itself. And is that easy to get hold of? It's relatively easy to get hold of here. But every country uses different hardwoods. Your next choice is music by Georges Bizet from the Pearl Fishers. It's the famous Pearl Fishers duet. Bryn Tervel and Andrea Bocelli singing the famous Pearl Fishers duet. Well, um, this is one of the most fa- um, favorite pieces of mine. Um, my dad sang as a young person, as a young man, um, and this was his favorite piece, and we grew up in a home where this was always being played, so it's very special. So were you always going to be involved in music? I don't, I, I started music when I was seven, um, and my parents weren't very wealthy, so when they bought my piano, my father sat me down and said, my girl, don't ever come and tell me that you're not going to do music, because I've spent a fortune on this piano. Yeah. And um, I kind of internalized that and it became who I was, yeah. you know. So I think I was destined to be involved in music in some way since that day, you know. And I know you taught um, at St. Dominic's and that's, I presume, where you first got involved with uh, marimbas and steel pans or not? Were you well, no. involved? No. I've taught at a number of places. So I, I um, became aware of marimbas really in Botswana. I taught in Arapa for a number of years, and um, then I came and I taught at. I was director of music at St Andrew's School for seven years, and uh, I started a marimba band there. And that's where I really got involved in marimbas to start off with. It was at St Dominic's where I actually got involved in steel pan playing, um, and then I thought. Wow, I've got these two unbelievable loves. I need to join them together. And that's how the festival came about. And uh, uh, there was a famous guy. Was it Allport? Allport. Allport in Botswana. Yes, Allport Batlang. Yeah. And he was a teacher. An amazing teacher. He passed away a couple of years ago. And um, he was incredible. Really a good friend of mine and, and an amazing teacher. So you learnt, uh, you learnt as you went along. I did. Uh, so many, um, I used, I'm a real 
um, workshop junkie. So I went to lots and lots of workshops and I came across, whenever there was a marimba workshop, I went to those. But I was super disappointed the way it was being taught. And I thought this is not the way we as teachers need to be imparting this knowledge. And I worked very hard at coming up with a whole methodology, including things called dummy keyboards and um, a way of writing music for people who don't read music, a way of, of translating all of that so that everybody can be have music accessible to them and marimba music. And we're going to listen to your next choice. And then I want to hear whether you've put this down in book form so that people can then learn it for themselves. This is the famous Canon by Johann Pachelberg. That was the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields under St. Neville Mariner playing the Canon, the famous Canon in D major by Johann Pachelberg, the choice of Joan Lithgow. We were just talking before that about whether you have written music instruction books for how to play the marimba and the steel pans. Right, so I firstly give lots and lots of workshops. So I train teachers regularly. Um, and I've written four books um, with music and um, my methodology that's explained in the book. And I'm busy writing the actual methodology in its full form at the moment so that uh, people can access that and see exactly where the logic comes in, in, in how to teach. Because ideally, music is all about patterning. And and we we tap into the whole patterning of of music um, when we teach. So a couple of years ago, I taught an amazing medley that I wrote of Vivaldi, a Vivaldi medley for marimbas. And when we analysed it with the children who know no music at all, but we listened and we saw where the patterns were, become became really easy to teach because of the way the patterns work and there's a pattern and a sequence and a pattern and a repetition and um, the children were amazed at how how wonderful it was to play classical music on marimbas. Yeah, and we've just actually heard a piece which has a very basic pattern. That canon just has a very simple pattern uh, in the bass part, which is repeated, I don't know, probably 20 times or something, and then harmonies are built on top of it. Now, one of the, the tricks with marimbas is that they don't play in all keys, do they? They play in certain keys. So it depends on which marimbas you play on. So we have what we what people call the traditional marimbas, where they have an F and an F sharp next to each other, so they can play in C and G and any related keys. Um, the marimbas that we make at the marimba workshop um, are diatonic, and in fact, we are the only company in the world that makes a convertible marimba. Um, so you get the diatonic keys. We send um, you when you buy them, you get F sharps and B flats with them, so you can change your keys. And then, if you wish, at a later stage, to change that to a, a chromatic marimba, you can buy the chromatic keyboard that adds onto your 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 uh, diatonic so instrument. So they fit together. So they fit together and it's it's a wonderful thing. So many schools are buying the diatonic and now with the new curriculum in the schools where African music is one of um, a choice that you can can do, many schools are saying, hey, let's get the chromatic add-on so that we can uh, expand our repertoire. And, and play in any key. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. 
Oh, that's wonderful. So are you also uh, helping to teach in universities? Is it a course at universities any, anywhere? But just before you answer that, let's hear someone who was very much involved in education, Benjamin Britten. This is one of his matinee musical, Moto Perpetuo. That was Matinee Musicale by Benjamin Britten. That was the one movement from it, Moto Perpetua, with the English Chamber Orchestra. And you were saying off-air that this was one of your early percussion experiences. Yes, so I um, studied piano was my main instrument and percussion was my second instrument at Wits University. And um, this was the very first piece I ever played with the Wits Orchestra. And I remember saying to Walter Moni at the time, I said, please let me play in the orchestra. And I said, even if I play the triangle. And he said to me, but that's what you're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, you know. Yeah. And it was it was very special. So whenever I hear that music, it brings back such incredible uh, memories. And let, me, let us say, in the days when Wits University had an orchestra. Correct, yeah. absolutely, yeah. you know. It's it rather sad that it doesn't have an orchestra. It's very anymore. sad. Yeah, very, uh, very Walter Money actually did a lot of stuff at the university, um, some of which has fallen away now, sadly. But I was asking and talking about university. Do people teach marimba and steel pan at that sort of level so that teachers can go out and then teach it themselves? I think there are some universities. I think down in the Cape, um, in the Eastern Cape, I think they're teaching um, steel pans. And, and Western Cape, and a bit of marimba, but I'm not sure at what sort of level. And not enough, obviously. And not enough. Yeah. And the problem is that many people don't know how to teach it yeah. properly. And so we're getting, you, you, you see the results of, of really bad teaching very often um, because there is no method. And I think when you have a method, regardless of what it is, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be my method. As long as there's a, a real method that goes yeah. with it. Because I've seen uh, in, in some schools quite a lot of uh, kids teach it to each other. That's it, Because yes. uh, there was a whole group of guys from the Drakensberg Boys Choir School who went from the school and then took over the teaching of marimbas at the schools where they were. Yes. So a lot of them, you know, I mean, some of my children, for instance, in the in the townships, and um, we've got an amazing school in, in Alexandra where I, where I teach it, um, that when we went overseas, they learned 25 pieces. You know, not only do they learn... Um, one part, but they learn all the parts. So the music's always in three or four parts. They learn all four parts, everybody. So in effect, if they've learned 25 pieces, they've learned 100 pieces. And they know how all those parts fit in together. So they really get an understanding of the music without you actually writing it in a book and, and showing them the music notation, for instance. So it's in a way, it's like a choir. You've got soprano, alto, tenor, bass. Correct. And you can, you you know, for simple things, you do it in, in three parts. You have a bass and a middle part, which is harmony and your melody. Um, but as the children get more and more advanced, so we add more and more pieces, more, more parts um, and more and more complicated parts. And talking of complicated, here's a waltz sequence from Der Rosenkavalier by Richard Strauss. That was the waltz sequence from Der Rosenkavalier by Richard Strauss, the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra under Eugen Jochum. And you were saying that was your first professional gig? Absolutely, with the National Symphony Orchestra many, many years ago. So whenever I hear that, I get absolute goosebumps because I remember how terrified I was <laughs> that day. 
actually, it can be terrifying playing in an orchestra, particularly percussion, because it's hard to play quietly. Absolutely. And yeah. everyone hears you. You know, if yeah. you're part of the whole violin section um, and you make a mistake, nobody hears. But you make a mistake as a percussionist and the whole orchestra stares at you, you know, yeah. including the conductor. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough. You can't get away with you it. You can't get yeah. away with it. No. And actually traveling around a lot as I do, uh, if the percussion section is not absolutely together, you've got a problem. It's it's very yeah it's very important. <laughs> That's a very scary thing. And what is interesting is that the percussion section of the orchestra is still changing and developing, where the other sections have been pretty stable for maybe a hundred years more. Percussion sections are always growing and developing. Yes, and you know the interesting thing is that I'm surprised that in South Africa more people are not actually getting involved in the percussion section. And I would have thought when when I was uh, a young person, you know, there were a handful of us playing. And my son now is playing professionally, and there's still a handful of people. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I would have thought that over the years it would have grown. Yeah. No, it is. It's very interesting. And I see your next choice is also Richard Strauss. This is that famous moment. Uh, I don't know if you played timpani when you were playing percussion, but this yes. is a famous sort of timpani solo. Solo, yeah. correct. Here it comes. That was the famous opening section from Also Sprach Zarathustra by Richard Strauss, the London Symphony Orchestra there under Michael Tilson Thomas. And funnily enough, I've just been using that in uh, Last Night of the Proms because it's a spectacular opening. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and we led straight from that into Star Wars. Oh, so, wonderful. And it, yes. and it works and very well. And it would well. work very well. And it's well, all yes. in the same key because, yes. yeah, it, it seems to work very well. And, as, you know, we as musicians always say, you know, make sure that you have a good start and a good ending. And whatever happens in the middle, well, there's nothing you can do about it too yeah, much. That's all you know, and this really, for me, is is an amazing start. Yeah, it is. And it was used in, what, 2001, the Space, space Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. And I remember that as a young child going to the drive-in and listening to it, and, and that music stuck with me forever. Yeah, it does. And, and talking about uh, percussion in orchestras, I see coming up is Igor Stravinsky and the Firebird. And it's amazing what percussion does in an orchestra. I mean, an orchestra sounds fairly standard, until you add all the interesting percussion. Correct. And um, that's why percussion is such a wonderful instrument to get involved in because you're adding color all the time. And sometimes, yes, you're sitting in a gig and you're counting thousands of bars and you're wondering, oh, my word, you know, when will this end? And then you come in the wrong place because you've miscounted. But um, many a time it is just so exciting to play because that little triangle note or that tam-tam um, uh, roll just creates the most incredible atmosphere to the music. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, the percussion, because they move around a bit, are very attractive for audiences to watch because they're always busy doing something, particularly in a piece like Firebird, let's yes. say, where you're playing several different instruments. Um, and you could be swapping from one instrument to another. The music, you know, there are four or five music stands with all your music on and all the instruments. So it's fun to play. Oh, it's lots of fun. And I must tell you, a wonderful thing happened. Um, my son Bradley's a, a professional percussionist now, and he was playing in Das Lied van der Adder 
this weekend. Um, and on the score, it had Joan written down there. And on the same line, he had put Brad there. And he came to me and he said, do you think that Joan was you? And we kind of went back and saw who other, whose names were there. Dominic Mignolet was there. My name was there. Ian Ruiz. I contacted Ian Ruiz. And it was, we had played that score. Yeah, some 20 or 30 20 years or ago. 20 or 30 years yeah. ago. Wasn't that exciting? Amazing, yeah. yeah. No, it's wonderful. And because the parts, just for the listeners, parts have to be split up amongst the various players so you know who's playing what. Because often you have three or four percussion players and it's somebody has to take charge and say, okay, you're going to play this, you're going to play that. And there we are. The names are still there. So you can find interesting names if you look at percussion parts from, from the past. And here comes the finale from The Firebird by Stravinsky. That was the Stuttgart Radio Symphony Orchestra under Sergio Celbidake playing the finale from The Firebird by Igor Stravinsky. The choice of Joan Lithgow, who's my guest in People of Note. And I see, Joan, that the, the next pieces coming up are actually of marimba bands. And is this the sort of sound that people can hear if they come to your marimba festival? Well, yes and no. Um, Marimba bands can sound like all sorts of things. And certainly at the festival, we have things like um, marimbas and other instruments as well. And in the next piece of music, um, it's by Blue Earth Marimba Band, which uh, features my son's band, um, as well as um, my godson, who's uh, Justin Willman. And you would know the Willman family because... you worked with them for yes. many years, and Justin is a phenomenal musician. And here he plays with uh, the Blue Earth Marimba Band. And what is he playing? He's playing a recorder that's been adapted um, and has a beautiful sound. And the, this is something they, they wrote in, in a studio together. That was the Blue Earth Marimba Band playing Winds of Africa. It's such a typically African sound. Yes, it is. And it's because I think the wood and the the depth of sound, that, which is different from the orchestral marimbas that we hear, are made by professional marimba players, uh, marimba uh, companies overseas like Marimba One and people like that. So it has a different and a definite uh, quality of sound in timbre. But then, of course, you can play pieces like Beethoven on the marimba as well. And that's your, your next choice is a marimba band playing... Oh, to joy. Yes, and this piece um, we actually played at Life Ball in 2010, round about this time, 20, uh, in 2010, uh, around uh, the, the World Cup soccer when we had it in South Africa. We were in Austria at the time. And Life Ball is a, an amazing uh, concert given in Vienna. Where, and this, that year we had uh, young people from all over the world performing together doing um, the Beethoven Ninth Symphony um, to celebrate uh, life and to, to also uh, to raise funds for, for AIDS. And it was an amazing experience for us and my very first trip with Education Africa on an overseas trip. That was the Ode to Joy by Beethoven played by a marimba band. Were you directing it? I was. It was uh, the St. Dominic's Girls from um, Boxburg, and it's they, I took them on an overseas trip, my very first trip uh, with Education Africa, 
to laugh ball in in Vienna. When you when you first went on a trip like that, how did you manage to take the marimbas? Because there probably were not marimbas in Europe waiting for you. Well, they were when yeah. I um, when I took this particular band. But Education Africa, prior to me joining them, had started a marimba um, program, and they had taken marimbas and left them in Austria. And so we have now marimbas in Austria and the UK and the States um, uh, yeah. for us to use when we travel. Yeah, because I was going to say they're quite heavy things they to carry are, and, around. And also it becomes very expensive if you keep yeah. on doing that. So what we do is we our notes come off and we, we have a floating set of notes that we tune. So whenever I come back from an overseas trip, I get those notes tuned and we take them back the next yeah. time. Well, and I'm talking to Joan Lithgow, and I just want to give you these details again, www.educationafrica.org or www.internationalmarimbafestival.org because uh, she works for Education Africa and the Marimba Festival is coming up on the... 28th and 29th of July at St. Dominic School in Boxburg. And if you would like to get involved in some way, then... Uh, can they get involved with you through those websites? They can, or they can telephone us directly. Yeah. But we would really like to hear from people who would like to either volunteer their services or who would like to give us some money so that we can enable many children to come to the festival who could not necessarily afford it. So there you are. If you can get involved, please do, because it's a very good cause. And anything to do with education and music is close to our hearts here at Classic 1027 and we hope close to the hearts of our listeners as well. Joan, it's been a great pleasure having you on the program, and I wish you well for your festival. And uh, please keep in touch with us and tell us, you know, what the results are if, if people get in touch with you. Have you got your own um, email address? Yes, I do. So my email address is joan at educationafrica.org. That is very simple, Joan at educationafrica.org. You can get in touch with her directly. You've been listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8, and I hope you'll join me every Sunday. It's a pleasure to have had the company of Joan Lithgow. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you, Richard. It's been lovely. And I'll be with you with full works each weekday evening. So until tomorrow from all of us here at Classic 1027. We wish you a very good night.